Hello and welcome back to the fellow cast. You are listening to me, Valdu, and we are in the middle of a series called Healing 101, which, as the name says, we are talking about the basics, the foundations, about the gift or the gift of healing. And so last time out, we spoke about some of the disappointment. Remember we said, you know, a lot of people get to this point where they say, yes, I do believe in healing. I do believe God heals, but... And then there are normally a couple of uh, questions and examples and some debates that come up from that question. I do believe, but why do I not see everyone that I pray for healed? Or why do we not as the church, as Christians, see everyone we minister to healed? And so, as explained before, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. You can go listen to uh, two episodes back where we introduced this section, but basically just to say we try to answer this question from two separate angles trying to give not not necessarily giving a, a direct answer but giving you perspective on why and why not we may sometimes see uh, the things that we believe for and sometimes we don't and possible reasons for those do's and don'ts uh, if i can put it that way so last time out the disappointment perspective was you know when i do pray and s- something doesn't happen uh, when it doesn't turn out the way that I believed for and possible reasons why. And that was discussed in the previous episode. So today, I want to jump into the more positive side of things. And we're going to be spending, I think, yeah, three episodes. Uh, the next three episodes, we'll be covering the victories perspective. Remember, the second angle is looking at the I do believe, um, but why do I not see everyone I pray, pray for healed? So we, we spoke about the disappointments and why possibly we don't always see them healed. And so for the next three episodes, we're going to talk about why we do sometimes see people healed when we pray for them and possible reasons why. Now, I just need to say this up front. Um, a lot of times when it comes to these things, we want to make it absolute. We want to kind of make it a law, you know. So last time, you know, when I prayed for someone, I prayed a little bit louder or I used this word or I felt this way or I smelt this smell or the weather was like this or whatever reasons we want to give um, to the success that we see. We cannot put those things into laws. We cannot make those things laws just because it happened once. It's like when Jesus spat in the ground and made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes and told him to go wash in a certain pool. You know, we don't make that a law. We don't say, well, every time we pray for a blind person, that's the way we're going to be doing it. Remember, we're we're not giving you methods. We're giving you perspective and pointing you towards Jesus and the reality and the truth that we find in Scripture. And we are just trying to make ends meet in, in, the, in, in a certain kind of way. We're trying to put these things together, uh, um, connect the dots so that we can be more confident. So I want to talk about one of the first principles then for healing from a victory perspective. Uh, why we do sometimes see uh, what we hope for, what we believe for, uh, and and some of the the reasons why. And the first the first principle, and remember again, it's not a law. Just because it happens once, it doesn't mean every time this is uh, this is this element is uh, present that it will happen the same way. No, it just gives us a principle that we can go. Wow, if if that's happening, if that's uh, something that I recognize, then maybe my faith will be raised just a little bit more to realize that there are victories available in this moment. So the first principle, and we're going to look at five over the next three episodes, 
is the principle of the anointed person. Now, it, when it comes to any any gifting, we often see people operate more um, uh, successfully. Some people are more successful when it comes to praying for the sick, and some people are not as successful. Some people are more successful when it comes to prophesying accurately and and receiving words of knowledge or whatever whatever gift you want to put into that. Uh, kind of blank space. We can say that some people are more anointed than others. Now, I'm not going to specifically be addressing how we receive anointings. That's maybe a talk for another time. But God gives the gift. God says He is the one who gives the gift as He wishes, as He pleases. And as with any gift, if my dad gives me a guitar or a piano or some kind of instrument, I need to decide what I'm going to be doing with that gift. You know, I can let it gather dust or I can actually use it, exercise with it, train myself up with it, uh, get get some guidance with it so that I can actually play that instrument in a way that brings success, that, that, that gets the best out of that gift. So it's the same with the gifts that God gives us. And and, and this Paul tells us in, in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, he says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. So it's not wrong to have a desire to be gifted in this area of healing. Uh, That's how it started for me. I just had a desire. I didn't feel particularly... um, uh, Maybe maybe cold isn't the right word, but I I don't know if if I I was 100% convinced that this was for me. But what I did see was the Word of God saying that we can all pray for the sick. We should all heal the sick. That is our commandment and so i started desiring this gift and even today i don't always feel like i am the most anointed person uh, if we're speaking about the 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 principle of the anointed person but there are there are moments which i'll share a little bit later on in this talk where we do recognize the anointing of god in our lives in a certain uh, gift or or uh, operation of the spirit so let's let's get to some scriptural examples of where we see uh, this principle of the anointed person bringing victory in the area of healing. The first one is where we read about uh, the the apostles, um, Peter and Paul. They seem to have uh, more anointing than some of the other apostles. So in the area of healing, we don't read about all the apostles, uh, the great miracles, signs and wonders and healings that they saw, but we do read uh, about Peter and Paul quite often, which which makes it evident that they had a greater anointing for this gift on their lives. Um, in Acts chapter five, you can go read that. I'm just I'm just going to refer to it today. Acts chapter five, verse twelve and fifteen. It, it, we we see that instance where it seemed like Peter's shadow even healed people. It, it, the presence of God was so powerful on Peter that even when they just came in close proximity to him, you know whether it was his shadow or just the presence of God. Um, they were healed. And then we read in Acts chapter 19 from verse 11 to 12 where it says that the extraordinary miracles were being done through the hands of Paul, which again, we don't read about extraordinary miracles from happening through all of the other disciples and apostles, but yet when it comes to Paul, there were extraordinary miracles, which again implies that there was a greater anointing on his life because this had to be lifted out in Scripture. Um, and then, and just as a reminder, in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, and this is the scripture I referred to earlier, verse 28 to 29, it says, not all are prophets, not all are apostles, which again just says, 
you know, in within the area of being gifted, not everyone will be gifted in the same way. Not everyone receives the same gift at Christmas. I, I know it's a silly example, but but it, it serves as a good one because we don't all receive the same gift. Yet we're allowed to ask for. Yet we're allowed to desire and long after, because that's what Scripture says. But to be okay with the fact that there will be people who are more anointed, and and as a principle, those people who are more anointed will see healings and miracles more often than not. Uh, where if, if, it's so, if it's someone who heard about this gift today and they lay their hand on someone tomorrow and they don't necessarily see what they believe for, it doesn't mean that they won't be anointed or, they, or that they didn't receive the gift. It just means that maybe they're not walking in the anointing as someone who has been doing it for a while or who God has uh, sovereignly given this gift in a greater measure. Okay, and then Philip and Stephen uh, seem to have more anointing than some of the other deacons. Remember, we read in Acts where they were saying that, you know, these, uh, it's, we, we can't be serving tables anymore. It's just taking up too much of our time. Let's assign spirit-filled men from among us. So these aren't just, you know, your waiter at, at the restaurant who just needs a job uh, and some money. No, these are spirit-filled men. Uh, who are asked to do this job of waiting on tables, serving people their food, but they needed to be spirit-filled, and they were called deacons. And among these deacons were Philip and Stephen. Now, these I love these guys. Their stories are amazing in the books, the book of Acts. There are so many incredible things, uh, miraculous things that happen through them. Um, and so I encourage you to go go read through the book of Acts and and underline the things that happen through Stephen and Philip's lives. Um, deacons, you know, they weren't apostles. And so we can read in Acts chapter 2, uh, sorry, Acts chapter 6 from verse 2 all the way through to verse 5 where we read about these things happening through their lives. Let, let's maybe just uh, lift out from verse 8 there in Acts chapter 6 where it says, Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, did great wonders and miraculous signs among the people. Again, it seems like there's a greater anointing on Stephen for signs and wonders uh, from among those who were called to be deacons. Acts chapter 8 from verse 6, and I'll just jump all the way through to 13. I'm just going to pull a couple of verses out there. It says from verse 6 in Acts chapter 8, When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. Now for some time a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed at all, and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great. Verse 12, but when they believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and, this, and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized. And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. Again, these are just a couple of examples of, of men um, from Scripture or women from Scripture. But in this case, uh, the examples are men not uh, uh, taking anything away from women walking in signs, wonders, and miracles. Please don't believe that if you are not a man, you cannot walk in the signs, wonders, and miracles. These just happen to be men. And so the, the, it, it's evident that there's a great anointing. They were the anointed people for this ministry, for these gifts to operate through their lives. 
Now, again, I need to emphasize this. I will emphasize it all throughout the next three episodes. These are principles. So just because I am not the most anointed person in the room, in my opinion, or someone else's opinion, does not mean that I'm disqualified from praying for the sick. It does. It's not a law that says the most anointed person will see the most miracles. That's not a law. It just means that if there is an anointing on someone, we need to honor that and we will receive the reward for that. As scripture says, if you honor the prophet in the name of a prophet, you'll receive a prophet's reward. So to honor the anointed person, to honor the person who walks in the power of God, who walks in this, the miraculous, who's been proven character-wise and in their love for God and in their love for people, that they see signs, wonders, and miracles through their ministry. Why not honor them? Why not allow them to do the ministry? But not don't let it take away from the fact that Anyone can pray and minister to the sick. I want to just use two, three quick testimonies um, of where I experienced being the anointed person. Again, like I said before, I, I never claimed to be the most anointed. I never even feel like the most anointed person in, in the room when it comes to praying for the sick. In fact, I, I look at a lot of people that I do uh, um minister with and serve with in, in the ministry of healing and I often look at them and I go wow they are so anointed for this that I can just stand back and, and look at how they minister and see God use them powerfully because it's all God's glory it's all God's re uh, rewards it's all Jesus's glory every miracle belongs to Jesus so whether I see it or someone else sees it it does not make a difference it is Jesus doing the work so a couple of testimonies when uh, I went on a ministry trip or a mission tri missions trip, short-term missions trip to Mexico City uh, in 2013, early 2013. And one afternoon, uh, we, were, we went out uh, to like a park and there was like a basketball court and some uh, jungle gym type stuff. It was just like an outdoor park. And we just set up a, uh, a small space where we could, uh, where people could come and hear the gospel. And we we just shared the gospel, uh, called out some words of knowledge, prayed over a couple of people, and then we said, you know, if if you have come today and you need healing in your body, we we would love to to pray for you. And there were three of us, three three of us, and we just kind of lined up next to each other on this basketball court, and each one of us had about I would say between twenty and thirty people. Um, stand uh, in a line in front of us and with us we each had an inter interpreter because we were all from different nations um, but we had to get uh, the word out in Spanish and so every single person that day that I laid my hands on that I prayed for got healed they received their miracle it, it was actually mind-blowing it was it was one of those things that halfway through you realize this is just Jesus touching people because I mean, I couldn't even speak their language. I couldn't pray in their language. I literally relied on an interpreter to tell them what I was praying. But th it was like that didn't even matter. It was just the anointing of God was there. And as we ministered to these people, they got healed one after the other. And I cannot remember one person leaving that day in my line that did not receive uh, a healing in their body. Just two examples was there was a there was a, a, a lady that came up and she was she had long sleeves on and she was busy explaining to the interpreter what's wrong and then it came to me that she had a serious skin disease and by the time that i got the message to her to say please you know i kind of uh, gestured to her would you mind lifting up your sleeves so that we can see and then pray by the time she lifted up her sleeves 
her eyes was as big as saucers because she had no more uh, markings on her skin. There was no sign of skin disease, of of anything wrong with her, the skin on her arms. And she literally didn't even, we didn't even get to pray with her. She was just so overjoyed that she left that day without having be, even having a hand laid on her. Now that's what the anointing of God does. Um, there were so many un- other miracles that happened that day that just blew my mind. Um, but these are the ones, or this one specifically just stood out to me. There was another one with a boy. Um, interesting story, but he um, he had an undescended testicle. He was, I think, f- five or six years old. And uh, his mom tried to explain the story around his birth where... Uh, I still believe to this day this was a lost in translation thing, but this was the message that came to me was that the mom, when she was giving birth to this boy with the undescended testicle, um, she had to decide whether she was going to either go deaf by giving birth, deaf in one ear, or she will um, have the boy, but she will be deaf in one ear. And obviously this mom decided I'll rather be deaf in one ear than lose my child. And so we have this mom and this boy and the father standing in front of us and first start praying for the boy. And as we put our hand on his stomach, uh, like on his chest, stomach area, and just prayed over him, and you could see like something was happening in his body by the look of his, on his face. And he, he said something was tickling down there. That you could feel a, like a tickling feeling. And obviously we didn't get to check on the day, but he was con- con- um, convinced and his mom was convinced that this, this testicle had just descended. Something changed in his body. I know it's a strange story, but it gets even better. So then we asked the mom. Uh, actually, then after this happened, she explained the part of the deaf ear. And then we said, well, let's pray for your deaf ear. you just seen your boy get healed. Let's pray for your deaf ear. And she was completely deaf in the in, in the right ear. And we prayed, we prayed, I think I prayed about nine times for this woman. And every time, like it it felt like nothing was happening. And and right to, to the at the end, she said, Okay, she can start it. She thinks that she can hear a little bit. And and by that time I had kind of reached my my end. Um, you know, it's been a it was a long, long day on the court there praying for people. And then I said to the interpreter, who became a friend of mine, yeah, um, his name was Aaron. Uh, and he I said to him, Man, will you just pray for this lady to for a year to open up? And as he started praying, now I remember I had already prayed like nine times and it felt like nothing was moving. This guy prays. The interpreter, spirit-filled man, almost like you know, like he's he's serving the table. He's he's taking up that job for the day. Spirit-filled man, he prays, and the lady's ear opens up, and she can hear. She can hear the kids playing from far away, and there was just tears of joy all over. It was such an amazing experience. So I want to end with that today, um, to to just say that as a as a principle, one of the principles that we can go, why this is sometimes why we see more. Uh, success, you know, to answer that but why question. But why do we not always? Well, but why do we sometimes see? Well, sometimes there is an anointing present, an anointed person present that God chooses to use in that moment. And it, and so, and that may be you at some point. And I want, to, I want to encourage you to be expecting that God will anoint you to heal the sick um, uh, by being the anointed person. And if you don't feel like the anointed person or you are not the anointed person, don't let that become a law to you. Rather, let it be something that points as, as an encouragement when it is there. Draw on that when it is there. But when it's not, you still trust God for the healing and the miracle. Until the next one then. And next time we, we will discuss 
the principle of feeling the anointing and we will also talk about the principle of faith. I bless you today as you've listened to this. May it be an encouragement to you and may it propel you into a greater faith, greater uh, expectation in the ministry of healing. Uh-huh.